Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. Spring is all about God sowing seeds in this season so you can produce a harvest in the next. We talked last week about some great things and how God wants to refresh us and realign us and reset us and cause us to rejoice in what he's doing today. We talked about how he wants to literally begin to lay out new places for us. And we talked about springing in to the next season. Last Sunday was our spring forward Sunday. And thank you for showing up. I know some of you came with little crusties in your eye. You know, you were tired. You know, you were still, some of you stayed home and watched online. I'll be honest, you stay home and watch online last week? Oh, come on now. Thank you for being honest in church. Thank you. For the rest that didn't raise your hand, we release you of that. And uh, no. Nah. But, um, and, uh, and so we're just going to spring in. You know, daylight saving time was all about making more daylight so we could get seeds in the ground and produce a harvest. Daylight savings time ends when the harvest is rolled in in the fall. And really that's what it was all about. And I believe God is setting you and I up for a harvest in our next season. Mm. You know, the word of God said in Isaiah chapter 43, it was our foundational scripture. It says, I'm about to do a new thing. Somebody say new thing. New thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm about to make roadways where you cannot walk, drive, or get on your own. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you a harvest in places that are not fruitful. You know, we talked last week about the spring season. And every year, there's four seasons in our year. Now, in Florida, we don't get much winter. It kind of feels like spring everywhere else. But we have four seasons. And they're really all there on purpose for purpose. But I believe we're in a spring season, not just on our calendar, but in the life of our church, where God is desiring to do something new and do something fresh. Because when I think about spring, I think about so many different things. Think about the spring showers, the spring flowers. My daughters went crazy on Friday because it was spring break. And they were going to be out of school for a week. The teachers looked excited when I picked my daughters up because it was spring break. If you're a baseball fan, it's spring training right now. We may talk a little more about that next week. But spring has so many things. It does. And just like those four, the, the four seasons that you were talking about paralleled in not only in, in the natural, but also in our spirit life. You know, we've just transitioned out of winter, just had that little last cool snap last weekend. Last week, I guess it was, it dropped to what, the 60s? It was um, cold. It was chilly. It yeah. was chilly for Florida people. Um, but I guess we're not going to have any more of that for until, you know, for a few more months until the next winter season comes along. But I love what the word of God shows us and how he opens our eyes. Sometimes when we're walking through different seasons, whether it be a winter, whether it be summer, whether it be springtime, sometimes we feel like we're isolated and alone in that season and that there's no one else that's 
<laughs> that's standing there as a tree with no more leaves on it, and we're just bare, and we feel barren, and we feel. But the Word of God in Ecclesiastes 3 shows us some beautiful imagery to show us that there are seasons in our lives, and there are moments that, um, that are good and are difficult. And um, I don't know about you, but for me, that makes me feel... Um, it makes me feel full of life because I know that the Father is with me. And if he's with me, then I'm going to be all right. So let's look at this. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, verses 1 through 8. For everything is a season. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, just as I was reading that, um, as we were studying and, and talking about this message, it struck my heart that the weeping was before, the weeping and the mourning was before <laughs> the laughing and the dancing. And that is so beautiful and such a a wonderful picture to us. There's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to loose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate a time for war, and a time for peace. Now, as Pastor mentioned, and we're right in the middle of this beautiful springtime series, we think about so many wonderful things that springtime begins. We're out of that winter season. Thank you, Jesus. Um, And now there's new life and fresh flowers and beautiful things. In a few weeks, we'll get to celebrate the most incredible resurrection experience that we could ever know as Christ followers, and that is that Jesus rose from the dead for us, and he was, he was, uh, he was, brutally hurt on a cross, but yet three days later, he rose with a new life. And that is a beautiful picture to us that in no matter what season we're in, whether we're bruised and battered, uh, there there is new life on the way. And we're right here uh, on the threshold of a brand new season approaching us. And today, as pastors talked about, there are several different things that spring bring to mind. That that spring, um, the spring break, as you mentioned, that the girls are in. What about spring cleaning? Well, that, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Do you enjoy cleaning? I, I like spring break. You like spring cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I like spring training. You like spring cleaning. That, you know? that is true. That is true. Now, if I were to ask you to, to help me clean, would, would you be a deep cleaner or a surface cleaner? I, I'd be more of a surface cleaner. You know, I, I, I like the big picture. Okay. You know, I have this, I have this organization in my chaos. Uh-huh. I have all the bills laid out on the counter and all these envelopes. And she says, can you do something with those? Now uh-huh. she wants me to throw them away. I just uh-huh. like to make a nighter, a nicer, neater stack of bills, you know? So I just push them all together. So and if you know that I want you to throw them away, then why? Because there's important stuff. There is important stuff I'm in just those saying, envelopes. Like, how, how does that, how does that happen? So listen, those surface cleaners like Pastor Tony... I know you're not going to mention, I know you're not going to shout out if you are one of those surface cleaners, but surface cleaners are just going to take, you know, this lovely little uh, roll of paper towels that do come in handy. And I'm going to tell you, it's very satisfying to clean something with a, that's dirty, like your outdoor table, your patio table. Do you ever clean that off? That's full of mildew and junk after a little bit pollen. You take that paper towel that's white as snow and you put that Windex on there and clean that thing and you lift it up. Woo! That is, that is a nice feeling. I'm just going to say that is satisfying. So, but that is only going to be surface cleaning. That's not going to get you very far. 
okay? This is not gonna do the kind of spring cleaning that we're talking about. Do you know that all the way back in 1864, the Washington Post, um, they put out that this beautiful woman who was from that time frame, her diary, a, a, a synopsis of her diary, and if you think about the 1800s, most houses or homes would, would have been illuminated by oil or kerosene lamps or heated by coal and fire. Can you imagine, ladies, the dirt, floors. The dirt and the yeah. soot and all the stuff that, that we would have had to have cleaned in that time frame? Well, listen to this. I find this so fascinating. This excerpt from her journal says this. Uh, I swept and dusted the sitting room and the kitchen 350 times. I filled the lamps 362 times. I swept and dusted the chamber and stairs 40 times. That was in one day. Can you even imagine when her husband came home that day, she was like, let me tell you what I just did, okay? It's a lot of lamps. It's a lot of lamps. It's a lot of dirt, and it's a lot of stuff. But listen, you cannot clean something properly with just Windex and a paper towel, all right? You're going to need your bucket, and you're going to need your bleach. Can I hear an amen? You're going to even need a big old fat, this is not very fat, this is like a, a, I don't even know. This is a poor representation. This is for dishes. This is not for the kind of stuff that I want to do when I'm on my hands and knees cleaning out the grout and cleaning the baseboards and cleaning that smudge mark over there that's been there for like four months that nobody has seen but me and it doesn't want to clean it off. I mean, we all live in the same house, people. Why can't you clean that? What's wrong with that? So... This is going to get you to a deeper place of cleansing. Now, so it is the same in our spirit life. So many of us have come in and we're just Windex and paper towel Christians, right? So we come to church on Sunday and we're satisfied with what we get in here. We're satisfied with what we get, with what we do. And when we leave, we face the world the same way that we walked through these doors. But that is not how Christ intended for us to live. That is not the place of victory and abundance that he's called us to walk in. He's called us to be deep people of God. He's called us to dig in and get into the places, get into the grout, get into the things that aren't like our God. And when we leave here, something should be different about us than when we came in. Our actions, our speech, the way that we talk to people, the way that we encounter people, the kindness that we show to one another. There are deep places that God wants to cleanse inside of us in this spring renewal season. You know, I've I've been a surface cleaner for a long time. We're glad that you can admit that today, Pastor. I remember when I was young, my mom would say, clean your room or you're not going out to play. I mean, it was like a tornado went off. Everything went under the bed. Everything went in the closet. They went in the dresser drawers. Clothes that were not even folded, they'd just be pushed in the dresser drawers. I'd pull the blankets up. She said, you clean your room? Yes, and I was gone, you know. So I've been a surface cleaner for a long time. But here's what the Word of God says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just mm-hmm. to forgive us of our sins. Here it is. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This word cleanse is the same word that David used when he prayed. David, the king of Israel, who at one time was a shepherd, he said, create in me a clean heart and renew it in me a right spirit. David was in a dark place. David was the king of Israel, but he had committed murder. He had committed adultery. 
He was living in a season of mourning. He was in a dark place. He was no longer the young shepherd dancing around a field in worship, but he was in a dark place. And he said, Lord, I need a deep work in my life. Surface work will not work at this moment. And he said, create in me a clean heart. The Bible says when I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And he is able to cleanse us, not from some, but all. Somebody say all. All. All unrighteousness. So he comes in, he does this deep work. He releases us from all of our sin. But you know, if we're really going to deep clean, one of the things that really today is almost become a culture phenomenon is to declutter. I mean, anybody ever saw, watch the show Hoarders? These people that just acquire all this stuff. I've been watching some of these episodes and preparing for this, and I've been watching some of these people that, you know, and just reading some of their stories, and these are actually some of the pictures from the show. Maybe, maybe you feel like you live like this. She's just reading a book, just living life. This lady likes Diet Cokes. And you know, that may seem like, wow, but you know, that's really somebody's story. That's really somebody's story. And I found out that it's huge right now, the phenomenon of helping people, you know, just kind of reorganize their life and declutter their life. You know, I have several friends who have been really um, excited about a brand new Netflix series. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about it, but in January of this year, in fact, just a few short months ago, um, Netflix launched this series with a lady by the name of Marie Kondo. Has anybody heard about her? She's a Japanese um, beautiful woman who's come and she now resides in California, but she has launched this um, beautiful decluttering business, if you will. Because she's like a doctor of decluttering. She I mean, like is. a guru. She yeah. is. We should write her and tell her that you've given her that title because you've said I've that in all that four services, yeah. and that's beautiful. She is. No, she's, she's like a declutter. She's, she's a doctor. She is like the doctorate. She has yeah. her doctorate yeah. in decluttering. That's pretty amazing. Um, so, in in her in her series and in her show, she even has a, she's an author and has a book called Tidying Up. Um, her whole premise of approaching decluttering and deep cleansing is that she approaches things and looks at it and says, "If this brings me joy, then I'm going to keep it. If it no longer brings me joy, then I'm going to discard and move on with it and with life without this piece of whatever it is." So what's happened is that goodwills and salvation armies, from what I'm told and what I'm reading, are just their donation boxes are stacked up right now because people are given their old, you know, radios that don't work and their old refrigerators that don't even they don't even function, but people are just getting rid of them because they've been in their garages and in their you know, in, in, in places that they're just storing. Isn't it incredible how the storage business even is like a, a, bil- a billion dollar business right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, I read an article this week um, that said more millionaires are made right now by, in the storage industry than any other uh, um, business out there. It used to be something else, but now it's storage. Why? Because people are not getting rid of their junk. They're packaging it and just moving their junk or their stuff or not all junk, but all their stuff to another location. And now they're paying to store stuff that they don't even use. And if you have a heated or cold storage unit, it's twice as much. And they have this vacant land, they build these buildings and they're self-contained. And most of the time, people don't even visit their stuff. They just leave it stored. So it's amazing 
causing all of the things that are coming from people's clutter. It is. So she, this Marie Kondo, has this beautiful little checklist that is really cool because it's practical, but if you draw the spiritual implications around it, it really speaks to our heart and our life. You know, I want to make sure you know these are not spiritual. You will not find the condo message in the Bible, so don't go home and start looking for it and say, now where was that pastor preached about? You won't find it in the index, you know, so just give you a disclaimer there. So number one on the KonMari method that we're going to go through today is commit yourself to tidying up. You know, if you're going to live a life of deep cleaning and deep introspection and you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to really declutter your life, you've got to be committed to it. The Bible says in the scripture we read in 1 John 1, 9 that he is faithful. So when we become faithful and we are committed, we find this committed God is there in the whole journey. So one of the first things you have to decide, am I committed to the process that the Holy Spirit wants to bring in my life? Good. Number two, imagine your ideal life. You know, the Holy Spirit will illuminate who you're called to be through the word of God, through words of affirmation and prophetic words. But the realization is this, unless you have a vision for your life, the Bible says you will perish. Mm -hmm. The Bible says when you find out what you're called to be or who you're called to be or what you're called to do, you're to write it down. Mm -hmm. So when you begin to run with it, you've always got it. Mm -hmm. Vision is so important because here's the reality. Unless you see who you are, very few others will ever see who you are. Even though God sees it, you've got to see it because God already knows who you are, where you're going, what you're called to do. But you've got to visualize the life that you believe God wants you to have. This is a powerful one. Finish letting go first. Before we can envision where we're headed, we have to let go of some things. That is hard. You know, Sister Elsa sang about it, let it go. You know. Sister Elsa. Sister Elsa in that great movie Frozen. I think that was a true story, but I'm not sure. Are you going to sing for him? No, let it go. That's all you got right there. <laughs> but, but, you know, she talked, but letting go is hard. I'm telling you, because everything has some type of attachment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the attachment, not the use. Yeah. It, it's, it's the connection it has to you. It's not the value or the use of that. I can't let that go. Matter of fact, I, you know, I lost all these weight a couple years ago and I had all these suits that were now too big. I gave them all away. And then I... I, I I gain weight back. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> but you know what? Rather than going out and buying all new suits, I just said, I'm going to lose some weight. <laughs> but sometimes you've got to let it go. You've got to let stuff go. And you've got to kind of unpack the boxes of life. Because if you're not willing to let it go, it will begin to clutter your life. It's so true. Uh, number four, tidy by category, not location. Oh, this was so good when I read this. You know, you didn't get to where you're at in one step. And you're not going to get out of where you're at in one step. Mm-hmm. And so many times we try to change our whole world in, in one step or one service or just we think one act. But what you have to understand, there's some things you have to change. All of us have things, unless we change them, they will derail us. And there's some things probably we desire to change or need to change. There's some things we hope to change. You need to first tackle the things you need to change. If not, they will work against you. And you have to 
prioritize the things that you're going to tackle because you can't do it all at once. And so many of you that are living a cluttered life, you didn't get to this place in all in one, one moment. So you've got to take steps and you've got to prioritize. What do I need to tackle first? What are the big things that are keeping me from fulfilling my destiny? So in order to do that, we have to follow the right order. The Bible is full of principles and full of stories about the orderedness that he expects us to live with. You know, from the beginning of the word of God in the book of Genesis, he establishes an order. And if we follow his kingdom order, Mm -hmm. things begin to work in our favor. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will just fall in place. You know, I'm reminded of the story of Elijah. Anybody remember Elijah? He was a great prophet called Mm -hmm. fire down from heaven. I mean, a mighty man of faith. I mean, kings were even fearful of Elijah because of the power he had. And the Bible said one day God tells him to go to Mount Carmel. And when he gets to Mount Carmel, there's 450 people, voices that are trying to keep him off the mountain. How many know there's a lot of voices that would keep you from your destiny? Yeah. And the Bible said they ran and they raved and they told Elijah it was their mountain. But Elijah had received a word from God that it was his mountain. But watch this. He has a word and the mountain's in place, but he's not yet possessed the mountain. And this is what the Bible said. The Bible said that he built an altar. And this is what the Bible says. He put the wood in order. It's in the book of Kings. And he put the stones in order. And then he put on a piece of sacrifice. And this is what he says. He gets up and says, I need the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel an order of succession. I need that God to show up for me today. And after the wood was in order and the stones were in order, the Bible said the heavens opened and the fire fell and God consumed the sacrifice and the naysayers were shut up. I am telling you, once you get your world and your life in order, God begins to bless you. He begins to work. You don't have to fight with the naysayers. You don't have to fight with the skeptic. God will fight your battle. You don't have to worry for those that are trying to take your mountain. Why? Because if God said it was your mountain. All you have to do is get your life in order and God will take care of the rest. Come on, put your hands together for a God we serve. So our final thing when we're looking at decluttering is to ask ourselves if it brings us joy. Does it spark joy? You know, I find out the things that I'm passionate about and that bring joy in my life are usually the things I'm called to. If it doesn't bring joy in my life, if it doesn't produce passion, I'm passionate about City Life Church. I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about the things that God has called me to walk in. Why? Because those are a calling and an assignment. The things that I usually find hard and lack passion and no joy, that mean you never get weary in your calling or you ever get tired. But I find out even in my weary moments, there's a joy that rises up. Even when I do not feel like getting up and preaching four times because it's been a long week, there's a joy. And that joy produces strength and energy. I find out when I'm passionate and there's joy in it, it's usually connected to my assignment. If it doesn't bring you joy or doesn't bring you passion, it may not be a bad thing. It just not may not be something that you're called to walk in, carry, or do in this season. Joy is a great end indicator that it's either part of your season or it's not. And sometimes you've just got to let things go. Why? They clutter your life. This is what the book of Hebrews says. We are also surrounded, verse one, by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin 
which so easily ensnares us. And let us run. Somebody say run. Run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm. Now watch. He said, let us lay aside every weight and sin. We just talked about in 1 John that he's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us. But then he said weights. There are some things you carry that you're not meant to carry. They may not be sin, but they're just keeping you from walking out your calling. You know, I prayed when I came into this year, I said, Lord, let me be a part of significant things, not just busy, because you can be busy and not productive. You can be busy and not accomplish God's assignment on your life. There are some things at times that you may carry and they're not sinful things. They're just keeping you from God's best for your life. That's why the writer in Hebrews says, when you're doing this, remember you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, two things. They've already went before you showing you, you can do it. And they are cheering you on in the heavens. But then you look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible goes on to say, he picked up a cross, he died up on the cross and he rose from the grave and he said if you're willing to get rid of the sin in your life and get rid of the clutter in your life you can run some of you are barely barely moving right now because you're carrying so much stuff some of you are barely making it right now because you're carrying so much stuff you're not running you're crawling or maybe walking but God says I've called you to run and when we declutter our life it frees us to run the race that is set before us and run with endurance and run with purpose and run with joy. Come on, celebrate the gift in your life. But if we're truly going to run our race, it has to be full of purpose. You know, if we were going to go and set out to to run uh, this afternoon, which we're not. We um, may. No, I'm not. You can. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to be running. Um, if, If I made a decision to go run, I've I've made a mental choice. I've I've decided that I'm going to go for a run. And it's the same way. Not only are we allowing the Father to to cleanse us deeply and declutter our hearts and our spirits, but we also must make a decision today that we are going to clean out the storage compartments of our life and allow the Holy Spirit to be vulnerable with Him once again If we have filled our lives so full of things and there's no longer a hunger for God and a hunger for the things of God, then that's a challenge for us. The Bible says in John 3.30, he must increase and I must decrease. Mm -hmm. He must increase and I must decrease. That means my thoughts, that means my plans, that means my motives, that means my pride. That means all the junk that I have come into life with, even the junk that I acquire sometimes. Sometimes we have a room in our houses that are so filled from floor to ceiling of boxes and junk that we can't even open the door and we can't even actually step a foot inside the door. There's no living space. There's no free space inside that room. And it's the same way inside of our hearts. We have compartmentalized and pulled and and, and, and piled junk upon junk. Uh, that we don't even have any free space to live and to see and to move and have our being as Christ calls us to live. He, he says that we must decrease. He must increase. I don't know where you are today, but the Father is asking us 
us to make room for him, to open a place to once again allow those things that the Father says over our life for us to experience them. There is a hunger that is made on the inside of us that is only satisfied by the Father. I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing else. There is nothing else. So, Lord, we want you to increase in us. You know, when I was reading about some of these people that have walked through this process, whether it's through the show Hoarders or through some of these other things or even just calling professionals in, Mm. they said that most of the time when they help these people empty out their house, if they go back in a year, maybe two years later, those houses are almost always in the same shape. Because it's really not about just acquiring stuff. It's about discipline in our life. And as Pastor Casey said, there comes a place you have to make a choice. That you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and spring clean, do a deep cleaning in you. Because you believe he's planting seeds that are going to produce a harvest. Jesus in John 15, he tells us that if you're connected to me, you're going to bear fruit. But he also tells us that at times he has to prune us. He comes in and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Then we begin to let him have the stuff that is acquired in our life. And we make a choice that we're not going to fill the rooms of our life and our heart with the same junk. We're going to let it go. We're just going to let it go. Let's stand together this afternoon. You know, a young man came to Jesus one day in the Gospels and The Bible said he was a rich, young ruler. He had a lot of stuff. And he asked Jesus a question. He said, what must I do to be one of your disciples? How can I follow you and you disciple me? And Jesus said, it's real simple. Go sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. Set him back. The Bible said he couldn't do it. And he went back to where he came from. See, having stuff is not wrong. But when stuff has you. Having possessions is not wrong. I believe God wants to bless you. When it has you. See, the truth is Jesus was not trying to take anything from him. But he was trying to give everything to him. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus was not trying to take anything from him. He was trying to give everything to him. He said, if you understood the seed you're about to plant and the harvest it will produce, if you really had that revelation, because anytime you make room for God, what he fills that room with is more than you expected more than you imagine. Some of us, we need a deep cleaning. We all need it at times because little things can become a big problem. Small places that go unkept can do great damage. But I find out when we are doing a spring cleaning, we're going in and cleaning out the junk drawers, the closets, The cobwebs out of the corner. The things that really nobody really ever sees. We're going to clean it all. Baseboards. Screens. 
I can go on. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So I don't know, just want to surface clean. I, I need more than just a little bit of time on Sunday morning. I need some time on Monday morning. Yeah. I need some time on Tuesday morning. I need to visit with you on Wednesday afternoon. I need a little bit of time on Thursday. And Friday, before you do what you do, give me some time. Saturday, before you come to church on Sunday, it'd be great if we could share because I've got some deep places I want to work. Because really, if you're going to have a deep cleaning, it's just more than a few moments on Sunday. Then there's others, you're living a cluttered life and you've got boxes full of stuff from seasons gone by. And it's not bad stuff that's sinful. It's just persisting and remaining and as long as it's there, there's no room for new stuff because you can only carry so much. But there are some boxes that you've packed away and put on the shelf. And because when you open those boxes or get rid of those boxes, they have memories of things gone by and you've packaged some hurts and some things and you've put them on a shelf and they're cluttering your heart. There's some of you today that just need to make a choice. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going to declutter and deep clean just to go back to a dysfunctional life. But God wants to do a new work. This is how the King James says it. Then we're going to sing a little bit and worship a little bit. Then we're going to pray. This is how the King James says it. Behold, get ready, put on your seatbelt, because I'm about to do a new thing. Can you not see it? I'm going to make roadways in the wilderness. And I'm going to give you fountains in a desert place. He said, get ready. What's about to hit your life is going to be beyond what you can see or comprehend. I've come to tell someone, if you will allow him to come and deep clean your life and do a deep work in your life and declutter some of the places in your life, he would tell you today, get ready. I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to take you on a journey that you can't get to on your own. I'm about to give you a harvest in a desert season, places you never thought anything could grow. I'm going to do that in your life. So we're going to make a decision today. We're going to make a decision today. And we're just going to sing for a moment. Pastor Casey's going to sing over you. And after you learn this song, just kind of sing it with him. And then I'm going to pray. And we're going to believe for that new season.
Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.